Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Thank you, Pastor George. Man, what a phenomenal report concerning our seed offering. You guys just never fail to amaze me how faithful you are with the tithe and the offering. And what a night that was as you guys drove through. So I join with Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne and our staff to say a huge thank you for being the wonderful people that you are. Happy Mother's Day. I join also with Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne to say that. Love you, moms. And uh, I'm not going to bring a Mother's Day message. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And I'm doing it with Pastor George's uh, permission because Pastor Jamie and I are starting a four-week series starting today. And here's what we're going to talk about. When Christians get it right. When Christians get it right. Now, when I say that, that doesn't mean we've been doing it wrong. Hear my heart, please. What it does mean, guys, is that I think we can do a better job of impacting our culture and impacting our world. You know, there's, there's just a prime opportunity, guys, we have. And I'm going to use Pastor Tad's phrase again to do this, to be Jesus on the face of the earth. I love what Pastor Hector put in our our, uh, social media, the church goes on. And you know, my prayer this whole time has been that the church will rise up and be the church. And I see so many wonderful examples of that. Now, is there a wrong way to do that? Well, I don't know, but there is a better way to do that. And so what Pastor Jamie and I wanna talk about for the next four weeks is this, when Christians get it right. And what I want to talk about today is the right motive, ministering with Christ's heart. Now, this kind of springs off the two-week series that I did, We Are the Church. And two weeks ago, we talked about the church in action. And the guys helped me out so wonderful. Thank you, Pastor Nathan, Pastor Jamie, and Pastor Hector for doing such a phenomenal job of setting me up and helping me out a lot. And I love whatever one of them said. Uh, Pastor Hector talked about loving God and loving our enemies. And he used the example of Ananias, how Ananias had this audacious responsibility of loving God and having to go to Saul of Tarsus and confront the great killer of Christians. Now, come on, guys. How many of you would agree with Pastor Ron and say, that's a tough assignment? I mean, it turns into the, the Rodney Dangerfield of Christianity. I don't get no respect. It's pretty tough to do and pretty hard to do, yet he did it because he loved God and he loved his enemies. And Pastor Hector did a phenomenal job of of showing that to us. Pastor Jamie talked about the the leaven. A little leaven leavens the entire loaf. And then the scripture goes on to say that the kingdom of God is like a little leaven and it leavens the entire loaf. It may start small, but then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's kind of how our work in the kingdom is in the culture that we live in. Sometimes we feel like we're just doing a little bit, but we keep on keeping on. And as we do that, we have an incredible impact on our community. And then Pastor Nathan shared some things that I really want to spring off of because it's a great segue to when Christians get it right. He shared some things about Christianity and how we operate as believers. Look at what it says. This is Pastor Nathan's quote. Philippians 4, 5 says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. One of my favorite 
verses, by the way. A lot of uh, translations say it this way, let your maturity be known to everyone. When Christians get it right, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Here's what he says. If people see you as a consistent, reliable, reasonable person of faith, they will seek you out in the time of their need or desperation. Now watch this, because here's where we're going. But if they have written you off for things other than your faith in Jesus, then that's ultimately on you. Now look at that last phrase. Again, the first part is powerful because if we'll be people of faith, they'll come find us. But if they can write us off for something other than our faith in Jesus, we have to take responsibility for that. Now, this series is based in 1 Thessalonians, and today I'm going to talk about 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. But here's what they did in Thessalonica to Paul. They tried to write him off for things other than his faith in Jesus. They couldn't do that. He was a, a wonderful testimony of God's kingdom. So here's what they did. Paul, you're a thief. Paul, you're stealing believers from other uh, congregations. Paul, you're taking money from places that doesn't belong to you. Paul, you're hanging out with the occult. Every one of those, obviously, false accusations, and they stood the test of time because Paul's character, his integrity, his reputation, and how he lived his life day in and day out could not be discounted or written off because of how he was living his life. And so here's what he did. He got it right. He got it right. And that's what I want to talk about. Us being able to live our lives in such a way, guys, that they may try to attack things in our life, but it just doesn't work because Christians are getting it right. We are getting it right. Living a life of character, living a life of integrity, living a life of reasonableness, living a life of maturity, and getting it right. Now, in Thessalonica, Paul had to go to those Christians and say, look guys, they're trying to write you off. They're trying to make you look bad. They're, they're calling you right-wing fundamentalists. They're calling you intolerant. They're calling you unkind. They're trying to write you off. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get it right. I want you to get it right, and in getting it right, this is what you need to do. This is what I want to show you today. Here we go. First of all, they worked with the right motives. They worked with the right motives. Guys, if I'm going to get it right, my heart's got to be pure. My motives have to be right. My desire has to be not to build my kingdom, but to build God's kingdom. Not to build my name, but to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ in the community that we're living in. So they work with right motives. Look at this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. We continually remember before our God and our Father your work, watch this now, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. Guys, I can't think of three better motives than to base my work in than faith, hope, and love. When my, my, my work, my labor, my hope is inspired by faith, hope, and love, I'm going to stay on track, and I'm going to get it right. Oh, am I going to make some mistakes from time to time? Oh, yeah. Every once in a while, I'm just going to blow it. I'm human flesh, and so are you. 
But when I keep my labor based in faith, hope, and love, then what happens is this, my motives stay pure, my desire stays right, my goal stays clean, and my desire is to promote God's mighty kingdom. I want to show you a quote that I really love by J.B. Lightfoot. Look at this. Faith rests on the past. You know what, God? You've done it before. You're going to do it again. You've done it in the past. I can expect it one more time. Faith rests in the past. Love works in the present. I love Alachua County today. I'm praying for a divine appointment. I'm believing for a divine opportunity today as I go to my workplace, as I talk to my neighbors, as I hang out in my community today, the love of God is working in the present. And then hope looks to the future. Father, I can't wait to what you're going to do. You're going to have an impact on my neighbor. You're going to have an impact on that person that sits across from me in the office. You're going to, you're going to do it. Why? You've done it before. I believe in everything you're doing today. Therefore, you're going to do it again. Again, look at the motives here. Faith, hope, and love. And guys, when I keep my motives pure, something supernatural, now listen to that word, something supernatural takes place in me and the body of believers that I'm joined to. Look at what Paul said. Paul said it this way, works based in faith produces a supernatural church. Works based in faith produces a supernatural church. I love how Paul told Thessalonica this right here. Our gospel came not to you simply with words or simply with works. Nothing wrong with doing a good thing. Guys, we are compelled to do good works. Nothing wrong with that. But look at what it says. Our gospel came to you not simply with words or works, but also with power. But also with power. Now, I want to stop right here and declare something over you. And I want to stop right here and declare something over our house that I've been praying about for about five days. There's something that's been burning in me that God has been showing me that relates to this statement. Here it is. Listen to Pastor Ron carefully. Life is lived on levels, but to get to a new level, he's got to take us through particular stages. And the stage that the Rock of Gainesville is in right now is in the stage of building and increasing our faith. Why? He's producing a supernatural church. He's taking my faith. He's taking your faith. He's taking your belief to a new level. But in order to do that, he's got to take us through a stage of increasing our faith and our belief in what he can do. You know, guys, we're going through, through so many crazy things. And you know all the stories. You've heard all the testimonies. You've heard all the reports. So I'm not going to take all the time to go back through a lot of those things. You know what's going on. We had a phenomenal uh, testimony last week of the Young family and so many people going through challenging things. And a lot of times I stop and say, why God? Well, you know what? Why? When I ask the question why, I don't know that I have all the answers, but I do know this. Listen to me now. I do know this. He's building our faith. He's increasing our faith. He's taking us through that stage of faith building. Why? He's taking us to a new level as a church that's going to become a supernatural church. A true church, rather, where there's 
more salvations. There's more healing. There's more deliverance. There's more prophetic. That's the level he's taking us to. But in order to get us there, he's taking us through that stage of faith building so that the result is he's building a supernatural church. So that we're not just doing a good work, guys. We are literally coming in the power of the Holy Spirit to see lives transformed in Alachua County. If you believe that, say amen right where you are. Amen and amen. So we got to work with right motives. Our heart needs to be pure. Number two, they were inspired by the right models. They were inspired by the right models. Remember what I told you, Pastor Nathan's quote, they tried to discredit Paul on so many things besides his relationship with Jesus, and he, he, they couldn't do it. Why? He was the right model. You know, something that Paul said that always is really interesting to me. I, I hope you see what I'm saying here. He says this in 1 Thessalonians 1.6. He says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You know, Paul makes a statement in another passage of Scripture that I've always thought, wow, that's a bold statement. I even said that to someone in one of my meetings this week. Paul had the confidence to say this right here, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Now, how many of you are going to agree with Pastor Ron and say, wow, that's pretty bold? That's a confidence-driven statement. You follow me as I follow Christ. But again, Paul led his life with such character and such integrity and such maturity and reasonableness, he had the ability to say that you became imitators of us. You know what the Rock of Gainesville is going to do? The Rock of Gainesville is doing. It's becoming an imitator of God's kingdom in the midst of of severe suffering. In the process of everything we're going through with a pandemic, with a financial crunch, with all kinds of question marks, in the day that we're living in, we're imitating Jesus. You're imitating Jesus. Let me prove it to you. We had the opportunity to uh, do something that, I, that just blew me away because one of the great, one of the great examples of being a good model that people can follow is authenticity. You know what we got to do, guys? We just got to be real. We just need to be real. Be who you are. Why? Because nobody can argue with that. You know, people can argue my theology. They can argue my belief system. Well, you know, Pastor Ron, I, I disagree with you on that. They can argue that all day long. You know, one thing they cannot argue with is what Jesus has done for you. They can't argue that, man. They can say, you know what, I don't agree with their theology, but you know what, there's something going on in your life that, man, it's real. Jesus really touched you. I knew you before, <laughs> and I know you now, and there's some legitimacy to this thing called Christ that's in you. You know, I, I love that uh, scripture, and you've heard me refer to this before, when Jesus healed the blind man, and the Pharisees came running to him, and they said, how do you know that you've been healed? And the guy says, well, I once was blind, <laughs> but now I see. <laughs> 
You can't argue with that, baby. You just cannot argue with that. I can argue, should you heal on the Sabbath? Well, I can argue with that, but I can't argue with the divine touch of Jesus. I can't argue with the power of God. And so we just got to be real because people can't argue with how God changed your life. Look at what it says. I serve the Lord with great humility in the midst of severe testing. Paul said in Acts chapter 20, verse 19, talking about Thessalonica, he said, you know, I just served the Lord with humility. Man, they were lying about me. They were talking about me. They were spreading rumors about me. But I just stayed humble, and I served Jesus. And you know something, guys? That's a phenomenal testimony of what you and I can do to get it right. You know, recently we had the privilege of doing something that it just really blessed me. You, the Rock of Gainesville, teamed with I Love New York Pizza. And we went down under the leadership of Mabalisa Acevedo, thank you Mabalisa, and the great leadership of Jessica Brantley, thank you Jess, you did a phenomenal job down at North Florida Hospital. We teamed with I Love New York Pizza, and we, get this guys, hear me, hear me, hear me, we went down and served 250 doctors and nurses and 14 nurses stations in the midst of severe suffering. Now, what can we do, Pastor Ron? What can we do, Mabalisa? What can we do, Pastor George? Well, why don't we feed them lunch? Feed them lunch, is that all? Kind of humble, isn't it? Absolutely, but they gotta be fed as they work those long, hard hours they've gotta be taken care of. So in the midst of maybe not even being able to get in the hospital and take the food in there because of severe testing, and severe suffering, we teamed, and under the leadership of Mabalisa and Jess, we took care of our first reformers. Go on and give yourself a real big thank you because you deserve it because we turned together, teamed together rather, sorry, and in the midst of a really, really, really crazy time, we did something very, very powerful. Authentic, man. It's real. You don't get any more real than that. I'm hungry. What did Jesus say? When I was hungry, you fed me. Doesn't get any more real than that. Number two, here we go. Second way to get it right is with integrity. We got to be righteous, man. We got to be righteous. Leading a life of character, leading a life of integrity that speaks volumes to the culture that we live in. They may say all kinds of things about our theology, but our integrity speaks for itself. Look at what Paul said. I've not coveted anyone else's silver or gold. Now, this is in Acts, but he's talking about Thessalonica. He says, I've not coveted anyone else's silver or gold or clothes, but these hands of mine supplied my own needs. You can say I was a thief all you want, but my character speaks for itself. These hands of mine supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. Man, living a life above reproach. Because again, they, they, they just can't, can't uh, attack your relationship with Jesus, so they try to attack your character. But there's something that speaks of your life that speaks volumes as to who you are. And that's what Paul said. Go ahead and, and make those accusations. I've got an ability to prove the integrity of my life. Number three, I love this one, longevity. Longevity. We just got to keep going, man. We just got to keep going. We got to keep going. This is not a sprint. It's a long-term race of serving in God's kingdom. And you know what? 
I hope you'll hear my heart when I say this, because I don't mean it as a slam, and I'm certainly not throwing rocks or stones, but, you know, culture has seen the flash in the pan. They've seen the the bright lights and the go on by. What they're looking for is something that's going to stand the test of time and go through the seasons of life to where they can come back and say, you know what, I've watched your life for a few years now, and I've watched the things that you've walked through, and I watched the challenges of the day, and you keep doing things that just blow my mind because you consistently follow Christ. Longevity. Longevity. Not just being in there for a day, man. Being in there for time and time again. You've heard me say this before. I'll say it again. The greatest test of the kingdom is the test of faithfulness. It also carries the greatest reward. Anybody can be faithful for a day. Can you be faithful for a month? Can you be faithful for a year? Can you be faithful for five years? It's the greatest test of the kingdom, and we just need to keep going and keep going and keep going. Let me show you the scripture in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Here's what it says. My only aim, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. Man, my aim is not to build the name of Hyatt. My name is not to build the name of of some other organization as wonderful as the, the great name that we carry in the community. And if we carry the name of Jesus and complete the task and finish the race, the name of the Rock of Gainesville is going to continue to carry a great name in the community, just like it does right now. But my, my motive, my desire, my plan is to live in such a way that I'm doing it for a long, long, long time, and I'm finished the race. How many of you know there's been a bunch of starters? Been a bunch of starters. Again, not, uh, not talking bad, not talking bad. Been a bunch of starters. I'm looking for some finishers. How about you? Looking for some finishers that will complete the course and complete the race. So I want to have the right heart. I want my motives to be pure. I want to have integrity so that the righteousness of my life cannot be discounted. And then number three, I want to live for the right results. I want to live for the right results. Look at what he says in 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 and 10. They tell us, look at the results here, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and how to wait For his son from heaven, Jesus, who rescues us. The results, how you turned, changed, made a commitment, lived a life of discipline. There was something there that speaks of the power of God and your ability, your ability to overcome. You know, I found through the years that uh, we don't always like talking about results in God's kingdom, you know, because, hey, it's up to God, you know, God's doing a great work, and, you know, the results are up to Him, and, uh, you know, we don't like talking about results, but listen to Pastor Ron. We are result-oriented people. I like results. I like good results. You know, I'm not going down to the swamp and watch three and a half quarters of a football game walk out and not care what the final score is. You know, when I talk to somebody, what's the first thing I say? Hey, who won? How'd it turn out? What was the result of that game? 
We're result-oriented people. And you know what? In the kingdom of God, I love talking about results. You want to know why? You're a result. You are a result. I am a result of God's awesome love. I am a result of God's awesome power. You are a result of God's awesome compassion. You are a result of God's delivering power that allowed you to overcome. You are a result and it's fun to talk about because it doesn't just speak about what you did. It speaks about what Jesus has done in you, the hope of glory. So when we talk about Christians getting it right, what are the results? What is the result I need to be focused on? Because I can get kind of wacky with results. Let's be real. Come on now. I can get kind of wacky with results. So what's the result if I'm going to get it right, what's the result I need to be focused on? Look at this right here. P.T. Forsyth said it this way. The world is full of nice, kind people. How many of you know that's true? Man, the, the world is full of nice, kind people. You're, you're around them every day. Yeah, man, you, you, you think of of Susie across the hall. And what's your words about her who has an office right across the hall? Man, she is so sweet. And then there's, there's John who lives in your neighborhood. Man, he's one of the nicest guys I think I've ever met. We're around nice, kind people. We're around them every day. Now look at the second part. The world is full of nice, kind people who have never known the breathless wonder of forgiveness. That's our result. That's what we're shooting for, to get it right. To see them go from nice to redeemed. Come on, somebody. To see them go from kind to set free. To see them go from wonderful, sweet people to experiencing the power of a living God in their life and their family. That's the result that we're looking for. Again, it's not building my kingdom. I'm, I'm, I'm going to mess that up. I'm going to fail pretty good at that. It's not building my kingdom. It's building the kingdom of God so that I can get it right and be a testimony, As again, as Pastor Tad says, be Jesus on the face of the earth. So let me ask you a question before I wrap up. Where are you in all of this? things, all of these things that I talked about today? Are, are you in, in that place to where you're saying, you know, Pastor Ron, I, hear me now, I want to get it right. I don't know Jesus, but I want to get my life right. I'm not following God, but I want to get my life right. I'm not a Christian, but I want to get my life right. I want to get it right. But my first step in getting it right is accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe that's your first step. Your first step in getting it right today is saying, you know what? I want to have Jesus become Lord of my life. I want to help you with that. You know, you guys hear me say this a lot. Jesus, it's not always easy, but he makes things very simple. He doesn't try to confuse us. And here's what he says. If you want to get it right, here's the only thing you need to do. Romans chapter 10 says it, says it this way. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, and you shall be saved. So I want to help you out. If you are saying right where you are today, I want to get it right. 
I want you to pray this with me as others are going to be praying along with me. Wherever they are, they're going to be praying this along with me also. So pray this and believe it in your heart. Father, I come to you and I ask you today to help me get it right. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and change my life. Make all those old things be passed away and make everything new. I accept you, Lord. I want you to be my Savior, and I want you to be my Lord. I want to get it right. Thank you for helping me today in Jesus' name. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray over these that have prayed that prayer. I thank you, Father, that you're changing their life, uh, even by faith, separated by distance, time, space, travel. But the presence of God literally is everywhere we need it to be, touching people's lives. And I thank you for it. Give them strength. Give them encouragement. Give them hope and give them destiny in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.